Hey there! Welcome to the More Than a Circle podcast from Storyly. This is where we discuss disruptive ideas that can unlock new channels, spark creativity, and inspire the mobile ecosystem. In every episode, Team Storyly will get together with industry and subject matter experts and key opinion leaders to explore new topics, share their insights and knowledge, and offer valuable advice and guidance to help listeners understand and stay ahead of the latest trends and developments in the industry. Whether you are a marketer, a developer, a designer, or simply someone interested in the future of mobile technology, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and join us as we dive into more than a circle. So hello, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you guys are joining us from. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, as Team Storyly, we are very excited because we are actually kicking off our More Than a Circle webinar series with this session. Um, so yeah, there will be a lot more coming out throughout this year. And just before we start, in case you wonder about the phrase More Than a Circle, where it is coming from, it has actually a special meaning for us. Um, when we think about story stories, we always say uh, that the starting point of our story is actually more than just a circle. Because unlike uh, the stories that we all know from social media, the gateway to story stories does not have to be just circle. It can be rectangle, square, or circle, or any shape. It can take any form you like, so it's fully flexible. And the second is more philosophical, actually. It's like a gateway for us to a world of endless creativity, imagination, and the boundless po uh, possibilities. So you can deliver amazing content with story stories. So your creativity is your only limit. And that's why we wanted to name these gatherings like that also, because we want these webinars, these sessions to be something more than just mere discussions. We just want to make these online sessions to be special gatherings where we enjoy ourselves with our guests. We talk about disruptive ideas and just, you know, have some impact on the ecosystem that we all live in. And I hope that you will all enjoy it and leave these sessions with just a sip of inspiration that will spark your creativity. And now here we are for the first of it. So today we will be discussing a topic I believe would be very relevant to the marketers of today. So recession-proof uh, marketing tactics and strategies. And since we only have 30 minutes of your time, we will be covering it from an angle of e-commerce. And I have great guests today with me. First of all, Jennifer Peters from Oli, uh, the DTC manager of the premium nutrition and wellness brand, and uh, the CRO and co-founder of Storyly, Sonai Shansoy. And I want to thank you both for being with us today here. Uh, so let's start. Um, just to give a bit of a background, uh, we all agree that digital economy boomed during the times of pandemic, just a few stats like roughly 1 billion um, worldwide digital shoppers grew uh, in between 2019 to 2022, and obviously mobile was a key driver, and of course pandemic has definitely accelerated this growth with the change in consumer habits. And coming into 2023, we know it's going to be a year of e-commerce, of course, still, but there will be definite challenges. There is a recession within market, there is an uprise in user acquisition costs, and there are shrinking budgets. 
And of course, uh, this has an impact on shaping the marketing and business strategies. But we don't want to have a negative, uh, let's say, thought for anyone. So we just have to remember that 2008 was a great uh, economic downturn, but also gave birth to great startups like Airbnb and Uber. So there is a definite uh, merit in finding our way in recession times like this. So therefore, obviously, e-commerce companies and marketers need to have robust plans and strategies. And we will be talking about these today in the first place. But before jumping on to that, I want to ask our participants your expectations from the year ahead. What, how do you think it will have an impact on the e-commerce landscape? Let's start with you, Jennifer, if that's okay. Yeah, I think, first of all, thanks for having me here today. Um, I'm so glad that you brought up um, the, the previous recession because there were some bright spots there. And, uh, you know, as I look at this coming year, where the places where we are investing at Ollie is really around personalization and giving customers the options and, um, you know, ways to choose their own paths around using our products and buying our products. And I think when you look at um, Uber and Airbnb, that's those are the kinds of um, innovations that came out of the previous recession. It's it's that type of thing where we're putting you you know we're putting power in the customer's hands. Like who would have thought before then that you would be able to just call a car, you'd be able to just stay in somebody's house. You know those were really like revolutionary concepts. I'm not saying that we're going to do that with our product, but. The idea is that you know harder times and, and economic challenges really do create innovation in ways that are very unexpected. Um, at Ollie, we are really investing in personalization and really investing in giving customers options options to choose. Um, you know, we're doing things like um, you know building building your own box, building your own kind of. Uh, regimen and um, personalizing your own experience on site. We've got, you know, you, you build your own regimen with a quiz. Um, actually, Storyly has been, been a big part of that, of, of like building your own experience on site, seeing content that's personalized towards the individual customer and, and demographic. And, um, and that's been really exciting for us, actually, kind of given us a new way to show different types of content to different customers. So for us, that's been the place where we've decided to really buckle down and give customers lots of options um, and different ways to spend their money. Um, we've really kind of gutted our subscription program to give more options to customers and not kind of force them into the box that we've forced them into in the past and given them more choices. Um, and maybe they don't feel like great uh, short-term decisions, um, but they are good long-term decisions. And my feeling is the more power and decision-making you give to your customers, the better long-term investment that is. So that's really where we are right now um, for 2023. Sounds great. How about you, Soner? What do you think? So uh, looking at the micro, macro indicators, we are seeing lower demand, so slowing consumer spending. Uh, this year probably is going to be very challenging for every business, including e-commerce. So on top of it, I think one of the key things we should also mention, apart from the recession, is the privacy changes uh, that marketers are facing right now from Apple, from Google. So as you all know, Apple introduced app tracking transparency, ATT, 
So it's it gave users more control over uh, brands using the user identities for targeting purposes. So uh, probably not probably it's it's a fact Facebook and TikTok affected a lot. So marketers used to uh, acquire customers from those channels, but now it's. Uh, really hard and the cost of user acquisition is getting higher so as a result uh, increased uh, user acquisition cost shrinking user acquisition budgets from the recession uh, it will be harder for uh, e-commerce platforms to uh, get new users to their apps to their websites so uh, one important thing about facebook so Facebook is, it was a tool to gener generate demand. Now, uh, marketers uh, lost one of their best channels to de generate demand. Right now, Google is uh, kind of the best performing solution for user acquisition, but it's uh, Google uh, power is not generating demand. It's, it's for uh, capturing the demand. So uh, recession is temporary, so it will pass, we all know. And we all believe it, it will generate new opportunities and it will trigger innovation. But uh, privacy uh, changes uh, th that they will remain. So basically there are two, two things marketers uh, need to prioritize during, during these times. One is to concentrate on uh, user attention and engagement. Uh, through through their own channels and second it's uh, they need to increase demand generation within within their own apps or own websites so with better discovery option better uh, and smarter search maybe and person personalization just uh, Jennifer mentioned also so it's with story what we aim is to uh, help marketers uh, increase their app and website discovery options apart from other channels they use and uh, generating uh, new demand. So uh, I guess the, these are, uh, these are uh, gonna, gonna be the uh, affected areas. I mean, demand generation, higher user acquisition costs, and that's why retention engagement becoming more and more important. Yeah, fully agree. Actually, these are also in line with what we have covered in our recent publication of like uh, recession-proof marketing strategies that we came up with. And um, I think we will cover personalization more. But before that, there is one thing that I want to also ask about. And I think Oli is a very inspirational brand. That's why I also like this question. So one thing that we mentioned in there uh, was inspiration. And when we say inspiration as part of strategy, it sometimes surprises people. But uh, for instance, uh, a fact from Pinterest, which is basically all about inspiration, they have inspiration, the core of their own value proposition. But what, what they have recently discovered is that inspiration generates a more higher 32 percent higher return on ad spending on their platform so obviously inspiration is essential when it comes to the shopper's journey and obviously has an impact on their end decision which is obviously the conversion so at this point i want to ask both of you uh, so how would you describe the role of inspiration in your user journey so in e-commerce 
What do you think, Jennifer? I think inspiration is so important um, to get customers to feel something and then to take action. And Pinterest is such a great example. You know, we we advertise on Pinterest um, and we see great return there. Um, but one of the things specifically that I want to talk about, you know, we do, we're a vitamin company. So of course, happy new year is a huge piece of our business every year. You know, it's the time of year that people make new year's resolutions. It's time of year that people think about how to improve their lives. And for us, it's also a time of year, like mental health is very important to us as well as physical health. And one of the things that we really thought about this year is that people put a lot of pressure on themselves every year to kind of do all these things and, you know, feel all these things around new year's resolutions. And we really kind of tried to flip that on its head this year and kind of talk about like new year's evolutions versus like new year's revolutions and just try to do little things that make your lives better instead of like these big, huge things. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, lose a hundred pounds. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like, you know, our feeling is like, just try to get a better night's sleep. Just try to do these little things that make your lives like incrementally better. And I feel like that is really inspiring. And for us, for us, a way to inspire people to just take little actions that can make your life better versus like these huge, like unachievable types of different things. And so we really tried to live into that type of inspiration versus this huge, like, here's an, you know, I, I come from the book business. It's like every year we would sell all these diet books and all these exercise books and, you know, all of these things. And people would come out and spend hundreds of dollars on exercise equipment and diet books and everything else. And, you know, who knows what happens to those in February. And I think at Ollie, you know, what we're really looking to do is to help people take little actions that they can sustain actually throughout the whole year. And so for inspiration, that is something for us that, that we want to do. <laughs> And again, I think Storyly has helped us tell that story on our site, um, you know, in little bite-sized pieces. And, and that's really the way we want to tell this sort of happy new you story is, is in little bite-sized pieces. So, um, you know, for us, that's the kind of inspiration we want to provide. Um, but at the end of the day, I think inspiration is critical because if we can't get a customer to feel something, then we can't get a customer to do something. We can't get a customer then to take action to get the things that they need to do the thing that they want to do to achieve the things that they want to achieve. So it all starts with inspiration. I think it's really critical. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you said is about being for it to be relatable, right? So not mm -hmm. unrealistic. So everything that you have said, you can just relate with it. So you can actually yes. find inspiration that you can put in motion, put in action. I, yeah, yes. I agree. We want it to be achievable. Exactly, exactly. So what do you think, Sonia? Uh, anything you want to add on to that? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think inspiration is what I believe to be uh, one of the most important states, stages in user journey, customer journey. Uh, I think we all uh, marketers need to focus on mediums where customers uh, spend most of their times to entertain and to, to be inspired. So short video platforms, uh, those those are really uh, inspiring when used very correctly uh, in, a, in, a, in a good way. So uh, we see short video platform session times are increasing. Videos watched per person are also increasing dramatically. So what I believe brands should focus on those mediums for both inspiration 
and also attract customers. So, uh, and also on top of that, I think inspiration should contain an omni-channel strategy. Every channel in hand, such as SMS, email, WhatsApp, social media, although some of those cha channels are seen to be basic channels, but in, in some ways they can become inspirational. So should be designed uh, to inspire cons consumers in a way. And it also comes down to delivering relevant content. By relevant, I mean uh, more personalized content. So you can only inspire shoppers only if you deliver the right message to the right person in, at the right time. Uh, one, one, one of the most important thing I see recently also uh, brands are uh, becoming more aware about the user-generated content and they are using, reusing those content to inspire their customers. So uh, I think the uh, user-generated content should be rewarded and incentivized in, in some ways. So it may even become uh, a user acquisition channel and also an engagement strategy for, for digital digital uh, companies. So we, we for example, uh, strongly advise our uh, customers, customers who use Storly in their apps or website to share uh, user-generated content, either inside their app, or maybe they can reuse uh, the social media content already shared by influencers or their loyal customers. So they can be repurposed in various ways. So I would say inspiration is definitely the one of the strategies to embrace this year and, and, and beyond. Thank you. And I guess using user-generated content part is interesting. It's quite, I mean, it's the hype topic. Everyone is talking about it. And yeah, I guess for inspiration, again, it's relatable because it's coming from someone just like you. So yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, we talked a lot about personalization and I just want to like touch that from another angle actually right now, because I mean, I guess another topic, a hot topic that we all discuss is the privacy regulations. It's not something new. Uh, so it's been discussed for years now, but there is, a, let's say, a debacle because I mean, we also talk about personalization and for instance, a McKinsey study just done in 2021, it says like more than 70% of people say they want personalization and they would be frustrated if they don't see it in their experiences. But I mean, another bulk says also that they just demand privacy and there is obviously a debacle there. I mean, it doesn't, you know, add up. And there is this great saying from the legend David Ogilvy. He says like consumers don't think how they feel. They don't say what they think and they don't do what they say. So it's obviously a challenge for all the marketers out there. And uh, in, with these data regulations, demand coming for personalization with actions taken by big tech companies like Apple, Google. So brands are trying to reshape their data collection and usage strategies. And as marketers today, we have started to hear this buzzword, zero party data a lot. So now I wanna ask you all about zero party data and also how do you see this paradox about collecting the data, the future of data? So what do you think the role of zero party data other than being just a marketing buzzword? Let's start with you this time, Sonia, what do you think? 
So yeah, that quote from David Ogilvy is is a great way to summarize this uh, dilemma. <laughs> so actually, as you said, seventy-one percent uh, right want a more personalized experience, but also on the other hand, fifty-five uh, percent do not allow brands to uh, track them across platforms. So I also personally do not uh, click yes when I when it pop up <laughs> come across to me uh, so I don't want them to track I don't want apps to track my experience but yeah it's it's really hard with the privacy changes to design uh, our journeys with with personalized experience so one of one of the most important thing is 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 the first part the data but I think uh, the savior of the day will be the zero party data it's it's more relevant and more more important so uh, it's because it's important because it's provided by your own users 100% voluntarily so it's it's really accurate and it reduces the guesswork uh, i there there the definition is not hard actually so one of our team members i remember uh, his post in on LinkedIn, he wrote like, if a child writes a letter to Santa Claus for a Christmas gift for for his <laughs> dream gift, so uh, and parent buys that item, so it's it's the zero party data and it's it's accurate, right? It will definitely make make the day for 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 the kid, but if the parents bought a gift based on their observation, so it's 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 good as well but it's not uh, what the kid wants right so uh, zero party data is just like that it's uh, it's it's what the customers want what they feel about you uh, when, when you ask directly to, to the customer uh, it's uh, it's not easy to collect uh, but as thoroughly we are uh, trying to get uh, innovate ways uh, to help brands uh, to get actionable insights about their users with uh, interactive elements like polls, quizzes, open-ended questions that can be easily uh, shared with their end users. And actually, we found out that story quizzes and polls, they have really high response rates, like up to 50%, showing users really love to share their opinions and, and preferences. So that's the beauty of stories or full screen interactive media so uh, you you cannot do the uh, you cannot design the similar experience with old school banners with pop-up messages so the playground of stories is vast and with with the data you collect uh, you can design a more personalized experience with in your own own channels so uh, I believe this is not a buzzword anymore. I mean, this zero party data, and it will shape the data approach of the industry. Yeah, great summary. What do you think, Jennifer? Do you agree? Yeah, totally agree. I I think I think there are you know I think there's definitely a struggle between people wanting privacy and wanting personalization. <laughs> I definitely think there are ways to do personalization that are not creepy. Um, I, I think there's a way to do personalization that is aggressive and weird. And those are the ways that we should avoid. 
I think there are a lot of ways to do personalization where we're meeting customers where they are and not, um, you know, there are subtle ways to do it with remarketing and um, using the tools that we have to, you know, to do it in ways that make sense um, and that are smart. I'm really glad, Sonar, you brought up the the polls because honestly, that's been one of our favorite things about Storyly. And it's so different than sending out a survey or sending out, you know, or even doing like a survey on social media or anything like that. And I think one of the stories I told all of you was we have, you know, we're known for our gummy vitamins and we introduced uh, a line of soft gels a couple of years ago. And, you know, we've had a struggle with customers calling in and complaining that our soft gels are, they taste terrible. And we're like, you're not supposed to taste them. You're supposed to swallow them. And, you know, we really just couldn't figure out what was going on. And we just didn't really understand if it was a widespread issue that people were trying to chew our soft gels. And so we used the story, like, you know, the little poll to try to figure out if people, if it was like really a widespread issue, if people were trying to chew our soft gels and we found out, yes, it is, it is truly <laughs> a widespread issue. People are definitely trying to chew our soft gels. Um, you know, in that it's, it was like an easy, fun, cute way of doing it. And also being able to communicate like, no, don't do that. That's, they're not for chewing. Um, you know, that could have been a big deal in a, in a big communication and, you know, an email campaign. It just would have been, it would have had like a more negative feel. It could have had, you know, a heavier feel had we had to use other communications types, other communication channels to try to get that to our customers. But because we were using this poll, it was fun. It was cute. It was light. Um, it also helped us change our messaging as a whole and, you know, showing um, our soft gels with a glass of water, for example, and like somebody putting it in their mouth with a glass of water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, don't chew that. Um, so, you know, I think um, it's a great way for us to kind of like, um, just like, test messaging a little bit before we go full into changing a complete approach, a complete marketing approach when it comes to different product lines and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, I think that's a really great thing. Um, but I think when it comes down to it for us, you know, that, that customer data, if it's not, my feeling is if it's not actionable, don't ask for it. If you're not going to do something with it, don't ask for it. If you can't do something with it, don't ask for it. Like if you're going to get it, make sure that you can use it and make sure it's something that you can use to make your customers experience significantly better. And ultimately, I think the customers, you know, will get that back in their experience. And, you know, that again, like there are ways to use personalization that are smart, that are not creepy, um, that are not aggressive that are subtle and that ultimately can drive your conversion. Um, and those are the ways to go about that. I think it's similar with the analogy, right? If the kid didn't get the gift, obviously he will be frustrated. And in your case, for instance, if you collected the data and did nothing about it, obviously the customers will be frustrated. But I, like, why did you ask me that? Yeah, exactly. You not do anything <laughs> with it. Exactly. No, I think that's very true. <laughs> And I mean, the example with the uh, soft gummies, right? So, I mean, if you haven't, I mean, acted on it, obviously the frustration will continue, but it's a great example of putting use uh, the zero party data that you collect from the customers. So, yeah, I guess it's not a buzzword for sure, but you need to act on it. If you want to collect it, you have to know how to act on it, obviously. I mean, 
Yeah, great. So moving forward, um, the digital economy boomed, everything is great, but inevitably, obviously, competition also boomed. And e-commerce landscape is like a minefield, obviously. Everyone is trying to, you know, stand out from the clutter, cut through the noise and win the headspace uh, and drive engagement, collect those users, boost conversion. So you need to differentiate. So at this point, I want to talk about practical tactics. So what do you think marketers can do different this year? Is there any good examples you have in mind that inspired you or in your case, Jennifer, for instance, if you have anything in mind that you guys are going to put in motion that you want to share with the marketers today that are listening to us? Let's yeah, start for, us, for us this year, um, you know, I mean, I think it's it's being smart, it's using our budget well, but for us, honestly, it's doubling down on our mission, doubling down on who we are. And what matters most to us, um, our mission, our people, our customers, our product, and just really like being transparent, our integrity, our brand integrity, um, that is who we are. And I think that in years like this, um, where times are leaner, that's um, those are the most important things you can do as a brand is just be be yourself and be who you are and stick to your values. And that is really how we plan on, on living this year um, is, is prioritizing those things. It's really easy, I think, when times are harder to let things like mission go. And we've made a conscious decision towards the end of last year to really double down on our mission. And our mission is really um, mental health. Uh, you know, it's physical health too, but I, I feel like a lot of, you know, physical health kind of is, is assumed because we're a vitamin supplement brand. Um, but mental health, I think for us is really, really important um, for our customers and, and also just internally within our own culture of our own company. Um, you know, we see a lot of companies like, you know, REI and Patagonia and, um, you know, some of these other companies right now, like uh, Zapier and Apple and this sort of age of tech layoffs who are actively working and taking steps to not have to lay off employees. And, you know, those are the companies that I think are the ones to look to and how they're managing their own culture and how they're treating their own people. And, you know, um, Tony Chocolonely, I think is, is such an inspiration, um, number one, because of their mission and what they do in the chocolate business, but also they have like the most incredible product. Um, and I think to be able to have this like amazing mission and like the best chocolate in the business, like that, those two things together is just amazing to me. And that's sort of what I would say we aspire to. Sounds great. What do you think, Sonia, from a broader perspective? Yeah, for uh, I'm seeing a lot of new stuff, inspiring stuff including from our customers and from Oli as well. So websites are becoming more engaging. So redesigning uh, basically for, for mobile experiences. And it's not studying anymore. People are using, marketers are using videos a lot in their website. Uh, they are using website apps for, for like communication purposes with their, with their user base. So usage of full screen uh, with shoppable content is also increasing across e-commerce players. It's it's our data shows also across our e-commerce customers, uh, consumers uh, prefer actually those type of new content over over static images. 
another another thing is uh, about frictionless buying journey so since the beginning of uh, digital commerce marketers product managers engineers they innovated a lot to remove frictions in a in a buyer journey we all know it so it's basically they iterated like tens of thousand times now it's it's almost perfect it seems like a perfect buying journey but and also there are multi-billion companies uh, to solve this problem and what we believe there is still so much that can be done uh, to increase the basket size to decrease the cart abandonment rates so that's why we, we built uh, in-store checkout it, it basically allows users to add the item they see in a shoppable video and even instantly check out uh, while they are watching watching a video uh, basically in a, in a in a full screen experience so this this is very powerful and on top of that finally uh, i mentioned uh, user generated content so i think brand communities uh, is becoming an important agenda in in for brands in 2023 this, this is a growing trend um, we also try to help customers full uh, to build uh, a community inside their uh, app inside on, on their website we, what we call moments it, it's a uh, product uh, by storyly it allows com uh, any app to enable end users to uh, share stories, their videos, their reviews, uh, just like in social media. So it also uh, add a social layer uh, to, to, to their current uh, channels. So in-app committees, it's also, uh, it will be a strong return on, on investment for, for brands. Great tactics. I have one special question for Jennifer as an ex-Unilever person, and I think she just also mentioned like the highlight of my question, but we all know consumers, consumer demands are not just limited uh, with shopping experience, especially with the coming generations, more conscious people. So they're also looking for integrity when they're choosing a brand, as you also mentioned, Jennifer. And just like a reference to a trust barometer done by Edelman, I mean, more than 60% of consumers today, they say that they will buy brands based on their values. So they demand accountability. And we all know Oli is actually a part of Unilever brands and which is like a company all about like purposeful brands. So within this context, I wanna ask you in e-commerce, do you think purpose is something that marketers should consider in their overall strategies? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're a B Corp. We are a public benefit company. And I think that, um, you know, we were before we were acquired by Unilever. And that is a, a cornerstone of our brand. And I think the great thing is, you know, a lot of the Unilever brands are our B Corp and our public benefit companies. And I think it's really easy to exist in the Unilever world as, as a purposeful brand. Like there are many of those in the Unilever universe. Um, it, it really, um, gives us, it gives us a lot of purpose and it gives us a lot to work for besides just driving the bottom line. And ultimately, like none of us work in CPG to get rich. Um, we're here 
to do a lot of things. Um, you know, I mean, working in the vitamin and supplement space, we obviously care a lot about health. We care a lot about wellness. And at the end of the day, you know, we all want to make the world a healthier, better place. And, and that's true. I think across the board in the Unilever space, you know, whether it's vitamin supplements, whether it's Ben and Jerry's, um, you know, we're all here kind of trying to do in our own area, something to make the world a better place. And the great thing is, you know, that's kind of Unilever's thing too. So we get a lot of support in that area as well. Um, as a marketer, it's great to have some other purpose because you do feel like it gives you, um, gives you a lot of purpose around what you're doing besides just selling things. I mean, you can just sell things anywhere. And I've been selling things my whole life and some of it had purpose and some of it didn't. And, and it feels a whole lot better to be selling something that has purpose. I can definitely say that. So yeah, uh, it's, it's a good, it's a good feeling to be able to sell things that matter and then also be able to give back in a really meaningful way and to work with some of the partners that we work with at Ollie, um, and to be able to see the impact of our donations and our partnership directly in the community is an awesome feeling. And that's really the way it should be. You know, we should be able to, um, see, you know, see, see the good that we can do as a company, you know, directly. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it makes it all worthwhile. I agree. And it's a great thing that people are actually demanding for it. So, yeah. I think Gen Z is going to demand it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I think millennials, it was very much more important to millennials in the previous generations, but I think Gen Z absolutely will demand it from yeah. their brands. So yeah. I think it's going to become more and more important. Yeah. Okay, so we just, uh, I guess, a bit ahead of our time. So just to wrap up, I just have uh, one last question for both of you. So is there anything else that you want to add? And if you want anything to, you know, stay in the minds of the people who are listening to us, what would you say as like a summary of what we have just talked about? Let's start with you, Jennifer. Um, yeah, I mean, I think overall, this year is going to be really challenging. I would say it's the last day of January and based on where we are in January, maybe not as challenging as I thought it was going to be. I was more scared going into 2023 than um, our January has been so far. So I'm a little more optimistic than I was coming into 2023. But um, yeah, I think this year is going to be challenging. But I think if we're smart um, and we are focused on being smart and innovating and using a lot of problem solving and thinking about our customers first, we are going to come out on top with some new skills and some better strategies. And ultimately we're going to be better off than we were before going into 2024. So yeah, I definitely, um, I, I feel like I have less fear than I did maybe in November, but yeah, I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> that was great, very positive. Let's stick with that. And Sonia, anything you want to add? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really positive as well. So uh, crisis, market, market cycles, so they all happen. Uh, they present challenges, but also it brings opportunities. So it's hard for everyone, for e-commerce, for SaaS business like us. But I think uh, creativity is affected positively in, in, those, in these times, right? So uh, we, we talked about a lot of new tactics, more strategies to mitigate the effects of this market cycle. 
And a lot of smart marketers, a lot of smart people all around the world, I believe they're also discussing or about these topics. Uh, we all know this will pass. I'm really positive as well. And what will be left behind, which will like new products, new solutions, new ideas, new strategies. So uh, it will pass. It's passing. I'm, I, I agree. I'm more positive uh, uh, than like it, I, I was in November or uh, December. So uh, we are seeing some positive signs as well uh, about the economy. So yeah, we, it will pass. It's passing. Great. Okay, I just have a couple of questions. I know we're out of time, but just one for Jennifer and one for Sonar. So first, Jennifer, to you coming from the audience. So you say you collect data with stories. How does it inform your marketing strategies? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it kind of depends on what they are. Um, you, you know, I use the soft gel example. That was one that we specifically post created to gather information to understand if we needed to change our marketing strategy. And that one in particular was around the visual nature of how we show our soft gels. Like if we needed to show them with a glass of water, if we needed to show a person literally swallowing them and not chewing them um, just to help customers understand that they were not to be chewed. So that one was like a super specific example. Mm -hmm. um, I think with others, um, you know, we have asked questions like, um, you know, which things do you like to take together? And so we've asked a lot of questions around like, what kind of different products do you take together? And so that's changed some strategies around like which products we market together. Mm -hmm. um, and we've, you know, like built bundles around specific products together. Like, oh, you like to take Hello Happy and Goodbye Stress together. Um, because everyone in this poll said these are the ones that they like to take together. So we created a bundle that was the, that were those two products together. Um, so I think it kind of depends on what it is. I would say it's generally product related um, or imagery related. Um, we haven't used, I would say we haven't used stories much to like develop copy at this point, but it's been mostly like bundle building, um, like products that go together kind of thing or imagery or that type of thing so far. Clear. And just one last one for Sonar. How do I get stories to my website or app? What's the process? Yeah, the process is really simple. So we have SDKs for website and mobile apps. So actually it's, it takes a couple of hours or maybe a few days for uh, uh, special cases so you integrate it into your app or into your website and it's live we have a dashboard to generate and create the content that will appear in your website in in, in those stories so the process is really simple just contact us it was Great. our implementation was super easy i can say that we're we're on shopify so it's a little easier but um mm -hmm. yeah it was our implementation was very very easy uh, great to hear that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so I guess this is all. I mean, if there is any other question, everyone on the audience, you can just send it out to us. And I just want to thank you all for joining us today at this webinar, uh, especially our guests here, Jennifer Soner. Thanks a lot for your time and your contributions. I guess it was a very fruitful and enjoyable discussion. And the video recording of this will be available on our YouTube channel and audio will be available as a podcast soon. And it will be sent out to every subscriber via email on demand. So whenever you want, you can listen to it. And I just want to say stay tuned for the upcoming sessions and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody.